before I asked Jerry to pray, one of, the, one of my biggest prayers was that I would be emptied of myself tonight. Uh, because most of us, especially men, know sometimes that <laughs> we can be full of ourselves. I mean, uh, it, we just can't. And <clears throat> uh, digging for, for the message and putting it together has been a little taunting and vicious, uh, even though that I've had time knowing that uh, it was to prepare the word and preach the word. And each time, you know, I thought I had something, um, that was just it. It was I had something. <clears throat> and then... Uh, just so happened that um, the grandchildren were around uh, this this week, latter part of the week and weekend. And um, so I've put a title in this message, and it's Love Man, Love Man, and Trust God. Love Man and Trust God. Now, God didn't say trust in man, but he did say love man. And trust God. Everyone would agree to that, correct? Uh, scripture says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, 39. And a second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So we're to love mankind. We're to love our neighbor. We're to love man. But we're to put our trust in God. However, the world that we live in, we know that we put our trust a lot of times in man. Would everyone agree to that? To, uh, in man, wife. Husband, father, the spouses, um, our teachers, our educators, our coaches, our mentors, our employers, our bosses, and the list can go on and on and on and on. Matthew twenty two thirty nine says, and, se- and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So we're going to love the mankind. We're to love them. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto, unto thine own understanding. And a lot of times that, will, that is what we do. We lean on our own understanding. And when we lean on our own understanding, we would look at man and we do look at man and, and we get caught up in what they can do for us, what they've done for us. And we can all of a sudden start elevating them rather than elevating God. Amen. Are we here tonight, church? Amen? I found myself doing that. Um, And I've been reminded many times by loved ones when I'm talking about the pastor. And I'm reminded here and there that, um, oh, is he your God? And there's always a little chuckle and I'm like, no. And then I always come back with that, but... Okay, he is the pastor, but he is man, amen? He is man. Now, uh, a little bit of where this started was um, Jackson was around our house a lot, and so I'm going to use him as the example um, because, like, he thinks that his daddy can do anything and everything, okay? And so just being a taunting and teasing grandpa, I'm like, yeah, well, he's a sissy. I can take him. No, you can't, right? Because when you're, when you're 
when you're little and you're thinking about your daddy, he's your hero, right? He can do anything and everything beyond measure. So I'm going, oh, he's a sissy. I said, I would just wrap him up like a pretzel. And, of course, he's just like, he's not liking it, okay? I said, your daddy, he runs for me like a big sissy. And I just keep saying things to him. But see, in Jackson's eyes, that's his hero. Amen? That's his hero. And realistically, what happens is that's, that goes two ways. Because that is his earthly father, and he should be his hero. He should be the one that you can count on. Now, because he's man, he can let you down. But God has set it up that way, that we're supposed to mentor our children, raise our children... Be there for our children. Be everything that we can to can be to our children. And a lot of times you'll hear, like, uh, if, if I pray with someone, I'll even say as I'm praying with them, make them the man of God that you've called them to be. Help them to be that father that you've called them to be, God. Because, see, without God in our lives, we don't know how to be that father. And we can't be that father. We can't be the complete package Without God. Because it's Christ who completes us. Amen. Now I'm getting off there. But what I want you to understand is that can kind of go both ways. Because see, as we grow, um, what can happen as, a, as young adult children, teenagers, young adult children, um, we start doing things. And then possibly uh, some parental guidelines are coming in. And the next thing you know is... All of this, right? And any of us that's grown up under our parents' home, that has happened. And all of a sudden, that hero um, is no longer necessarily the hero. Still is, but isn't. Depends on the day, the time, the issue, what's going on in their life, correct? I mean, that's just the way it is in parenting. Um, That is the way that it is. And... I know that I've told this story a long time ago over in the old sanctuary in the bathroom. And I had Jason in the bathroom because of the way he was acting. And I can still remember when I, and I did, I put him up against the wall. But when I did, that was the first time that I remembered feeling his biceps and his muscles and thinking, crap. Okay. Oh, this, I don't have a hold of little Jason. Okay. And actually, for him, that was the first time, for those of you that remember or maybe that you don't remember, when he said in his head, hit him. Somebody was saying, meaning the enemy was saying, hit him, drill him. And then he's over here on the other side, which is the God side, saying, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Okay? And, and again, I said, he chose wisely that day. He didn't hit me. Okay? But at that point in time, I'm sure I was not Jason's hero, okay? I, I wasn't uh, who he was putting all of his eggs in one basket. He wasn't doing that with me, okay? So in that, the direction I'm going with this is that 
we, no matter who we are or what we are, we can fall into loving someone so much that then we start trusting in them. And then we elevate them to the point that if they no longer love us or they break that, then we feel that that trust is broken. So the direction of this message is that we're to love man. We're not necessarily supposed to trust man. We can trust them. But we have to realize that they are mankind. But we are to trust God. Amen? So, in Psalms 31.14, it says, But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. Thou art my God. So, as the psalmist is saying here that thou aren't maybe your God, but right now he's saying, Thou art my God. I know that you are my God. Psalms 118, 1 through 10. I want to read that. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his lovingness, loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say, His loving kind is everlasting. From my distress I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me on a large place in a large place. The Lord is for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge or to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge or to trust in the Lord than to trust in Princess, all nations surround me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. Now, reading that scripture and hearing about his loving kindness and how it's everlasting. So his love, we know, is everlasting. But bigger than that is how we can put our trust in God. In all situations, no matter what the situation is, we can put our trust in God. Psalms 118.8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And at a time where we're in a political scene right now, and every day there's something new when it comes to the uh, the political scene. She said this, he said that, she said this, he said that. Who is it? That you want to trust. I mean. Who is it that you want to trust? You surely don't want to trust them. But we need to be trusting him. Who is over them. Amen. So that is where our trust needs to be. Now. I pulled out seven things. that um, Seven points. Seven uh, characteristics. That I see. When it comes to trusting in the Lord rather than putting the confidence in mankind. Number one is power. Number one is power. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because God is the one that's all powerful. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. It doesn't take long to figure out when you watch TV that Donald thinks he's all powerful, right? Is anyone laughing with me? 
I mean, hello? He's got it all under control. But you know what? Unfortunately, Hillary thinks she's all-powerful also. Okay? And that's just what happens. I've said this before, and I'm sure some of you will agree. And it's veering, not veering from the Word of God, it's veering from the message. But who in their right mind wants to be president? The only reason you want to be president is because you're egotistical. And you're feeding your ego. That's the only reason that I could ever think of. That's the only reason that I could ever think of that you want to be president. Because you're never going to do anything right. Never. And, and when I think about Donald, I think, well, that's just one more, what, feather in his cap? Just one more uh, goal that he's met to be the president of the United States. But going back to talking about powerful, God is all-powerful. God is. But see, right now, in Jackson's mind, even beyond God, his daddy's all-powerful. He is. To Jackson, he's all-powerful. Okay? And as I said, in a few years... I guarantee you when that boy's 13 or 14, there's going to be a day when he doesn't think his dad's all-powerful. He's going to think he's more powerful than his dad. Okay? So when we couple that with the things of the world and the Egypt that we we live in, we know that things which are impossible with man are possible with God. Right? There are many, many things that we can get ourselves into, that we pray for, situations things of life, and what we're doing is we're looking for mankind to fix those things, mankind to help us with those things. And what happens is, as we put our trust in man, because when I think of a physician, when I think of a doctor, I mean, as soon as something happens, I think, oh, okay, the doctor. Well, in our minds, we think the doctor's just going to be able to fix everything. That's what happens. Come on, we've all been there. Fix this. Fix it. You're the one with all the knowledge. You're the one with the degree. So we just automatically think, fix it. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't get fixed. Because reality is, they're not all powerful. God is the one that's all powerful. Amen? So it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because God is the one that has the power. The Lord has promised to show us great and mighty things when we call upon him. Great and mighty things. Not when we call upon the man, but when we call upon God himself. Unfortunately, we know, and I think even Mr. Trump said that one time, the man upstairs. No, he is the God of the universe. The God of the world. The God that created everything. The God that when there was nothing, he spoke it into existence. Amen? But mankind wants to call him the man upstairs. He definitely is not equal to mankind. He does great and unsearchable things and marvelous things without number. Without number. We can't even begin to put numbers on the things that he does. The blessings that he's bestowed upon you in your life. Or your children's life. So many times I, I think about... No matter what it is, I always think about uh, legacy. Legacy. Whether it's in my industry, in hair. 
I think about legacy. You know, carrying on a legacy. But bigger than anything in the world, as far as in the world that we live in, it's carrying on, carrying on the legacy of God. Carrying on, and I, I know we preached about that a few weeks back, about from generation to generation to generation. Making sure it's being passed down. But it's about living the legacy. And he does great and unsearchable things and marvelous things without number. You know, we could put a number on the, on the things that man, oh, he only did this and he only did that. And, you know, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. But with God, it's, I mean, the number goes on and on and on forever and ever and ever. Therefore, we must put our trust in God and not in man. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In the scope of time, eternity, when we think about, and I, I think about like my my mother who had Alzheimer's. And you know, when I first got saved, the, the seed of faith and the faith that I had was that God could do anything. Smile, make you laugh. But in all sincerity, I truly believed, Carol knows this, and Beth knows this, that I really thought God was going to give me a voice to sing. I did. I was... And you know what? Let's use the word naive enough, baby enough, diaper enough, childish enough, which is the things that God wants us to be in him, to believe that God was just going to put the song in me, and I was going to sing it, and you were going to worship to it. And I truly, truly believe that. And you know what? It was hard when it wasn't happening. I was like, I don't get this. I mean, I went out and I bought, <laughs> I bought a sound system. I bought a mic. And I was serious because I believed God could do that. Do you, so we chuckle and we laugh, but you understand the sincerity that you have when you first get saved. And then what happens is you get seasoned, right? And... He's not going, not going to do those things, okay? But, but in reality, Jesus looked at him and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are You know what? If God, I know what God said. You know what? You have different talents that you need to use. And those different talents, you need to use them. I've put a voice in other people, okay? For many years, I wanted to be like Daryl. I wanted to have the... I want to be just like, moved like Daryl, you know, like nothing bothers me. And when I talk, I just wanted to talk real slow. Daryl knows this. I just said, you know, I'd like, but you know what? That's not the way God built me, right? He built me a little different than Daryl. He did. And so, and so in that, we have to understand that with man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible, regardless of whether you get what you want. Notice what I said? What you want, or what I want, or what we want. 
God knows the big picture. He has the big picture. He has everything in control. We're the one that has the idea, and we're the one that has what we think should be mapped out. Amen? For the life of me, when I would pray for my mom, I really, truly believed that her forgetfulness in her mind, I thought, I really believed that God was going to put her in her right mind. I really believed that, and it didn't happen. It doesn't make my God any less of a God. He's still God. He's still all-powerful. He still heals. He had a different plan for my mother. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Great and unsearchable things. You know what? If I want the answer of why my mom wasn't healed of Alzheimer's, right there it is. Call to him and I will answer you, Lenny, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you don't, you don't know. You didn't know. You didn't have the answer for it. Job 5, 8, and 9 says, but if, but if it were I, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Oh, what a God we serve, amen? What a God we serve. Second thing pulled out of that is promises. It is better to trust in the Lord to put confidence than to put confidence in man because God is faithful to fulfill his promises. Every promise of God promises. He's faithful to fulfill his promise. We're the ones that break promises. I, I know that word. Promise? I promise. Promise? Promise. We're the one that breaks promises. Man often fails to keep his promises. He may even lie and deny the promises he has made. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't say I was going to. I didn't say anything about giving you that raise. What are you talking about? Where are you, where are you getting this? See, because we put our trust in man. And all of a sudden, when it doesn't come through, we're like, what? And we're hurt. Man, also, man may also change his mind and refuse to fulfill his promise. But God is not a man to fail to keep his word. See, he created the word. With all things, God, God is there when he speaks his word. His word is his word. Actually, the word of God says that he can't lie. He can't lie. We know who the liar is. It's the enemy. And he's the father of lies. Amen? But see... Our God is going to fulfill his word. He's going to keep his word. The word which comes from the mouth of God will not return void to him, but will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Therefore, we must put all of our trust and our care in God. Amen? Numbers 23, 19 through 23 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. No misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. 
The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There is no sorcery against Jacob, no divination against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, see what God has done. Remember the song, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He what? Saved me just in time. For a lot of us, God saved us just in time. Just in time. And we want to sing it and shout it. Say, look what the Lord has done. We need to proclaim what God has done in our lives. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Are we believing it yet? Are we getting it yet? Do we see where we mess up when we put our trust in man? We're to love man and trust God. Of course, word says we're to love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, right? I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about man and putting the trust in man. Number three, the third thing is presence, God's presence. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because of his presence with us. His presence with us. He has promised to be with us always, even until the end of the world. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. Jim, never leave you nor forsake you. Rowena, never leave you nor forsake you. Jessica, never leave you nor forsake you. Whoever, whatever situation's going on in your life, he will never leave you, never forsake you. You may feel forsaken. You may feel that you're in the desert, but he's there with you, amen? Unfortunately, until we're in the brunt, until we're in the storm, until we're in that desert place, do we really realize that he's never left us nor forsook us. He is our shade at our right hand. No man can be with us at all time. No man can be with us at all time. Can't be. Can't be. Whoever it is that's all power in your life, all presence in your life, they can't be with you all the time if it's man. But God can be with you all the time. All the time. Because the word says he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Man may also pass away from this world, which they do, but God will be with us at all times and in all situations. All situations. No matter what. The situation. His presence will be with us in times of joy, times of sorrow, times of celebration, times of loneliness, disappointment, fulfillment, prosperity, poverty, health, sickness. The list can go on and on and on and on. Therefore, the only place that we can put our trust is in God. Amen? That's the only place that we can put our trust. It has to be in God. Matthew 28, 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? You know, <clears throat> being honest, prior to my salvation experience, I cared a lot about what man thought and what man could do to me. But once I gave my life to the Lord, that, that all changed because the heart changed, kind of like that song that we were just singing there toward the end. Because that's what happens is you, you, you realize, you realize that it's not in money, it's not in fortune, it's not in fame, it's not in stuff. That God needs to be your everything, your all in all, in the good and in the bad. On the high and in the valley. And many times what happens is we, as mankind, we don't really get that. And we find ourselves a lot of times trusting in a person, trusting in a man. Psalms 121, 4 through 5. Indeed, who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The fourth thing, fourth word is pardon. Pardon. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because of his pardon and forgiveness and his mercy. Because of his pardon, because of his forgiveness, because of his mercy. The Lord will not keep his anger against us forever. Notice I said the Lord will not keep his anger against us forever. We read that in scripture. He's not punished us according to what we deserve. He hasn't. Because we deserve the cross. We deserve death. But he's not punished us according to what we deserve. He's merciful towards us. Even when we are afflicted because of our transgressions and our iniquities. He's merciful to deliver us when we cry out to him. That's when he's merciful. Many uh, man may not forgive us or show mercy to us when we fail. Man may not rescue us when we suffer because of our mistakes. David preferred to, prepare, preferred to fall into the hands of God rather than into the hands of men because God's mercies are very great. Therefore, we put our trust in God. So if we think about David, David didn't want to fall in the hand of man. He wanted to fall in the hands of God. Now, you think about that. That's a, that's a strong statement. It really is. That he wanted to fall in the hands of God rather than the hands of man. Psalms 103, 8 through 13. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. 
He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalms 107, 17 through 21. Some became fools through their rebellious rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew, drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them, them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. God is a merciful God. He's waiting for you to call out to him. And see, many times what we do is we call out to mankind. You know, with the election, with what's going on, Pastor said it this morning when he talked about uh, uh, who's going to be put on the Supreme Court as far as all the different people and how many uh, positions will be open. You know, we can go on and on and on. We can watch day in and day out and day in and day out. She said, he said, she said, he said. But reality is that it's God that we need to trust. God that we need to put our care with. It's as pastor said this morning, you know, when we, we talk about uh, what he called the preppers, okay, the preppers. Are, we need to be prepping God, prepping with God. That's what we need to be doing. Not prepping with man, not man's way. And, and this message is nothing about that as far as prepping. But the truth of the matter is what we do is we find ourselves again looking for man. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times I'm thinking... Especially with her choices. I'm going, I know who I'm voting for. And I'm hoping that he can do something. It's okay to hope, but I just can't put all my trust in him. Amen? We need to be calling upon the name of the Lord and put our trust and our care in him. Second Samuel 24, 10-14. David uh, was conscience-stricken after he had counted the fighting, or encountered the fighting men. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, O Lord, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I've done a very foolish thing. Before David got up the next morning, the word of the Lord had come to Gad, the prophet. David's seer saying, go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, Shall there come upon you three years of famine in your land? One. Or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you? Or three. Or, excuse me, or three. Three days of plague in your land. Now then, think it over and decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into the hands of men. When you put all your trust and your care in a man, you're falling into the hands of mankind. Do we understand that? Do we? We need to realize that. There is a God that's bigger than all of that. That's where our trust and our care is supposed to be. Fifth thing is passion. It's better to trust in the Lord and to put confidence in man because God's passion and love toward us is everlasting. 
know, we could talk about passion. And, you know, and there's a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of things. There's some things I have passion for. And you know when a person has passion for something, okay? You, do, you don't really have to uh, think about, uh, does that person have a passion to do what they're doing? You pretty much know that, okay? It's, it's visible. What's well, the same way with the Lord? You know that God has a passion for you. And you know if you have a passion for God. The love of God never changes. We just said that earlier. God will make all things work together for us in our lives. If God loved us so much that he did not spare his own son, but gave him for us, then surely he will provide everything else that we need. Everything that we need. Through passion and love. It's everlasting. Man may not love us always. Human love changes all the time. It does. It changes all the time. It's conditional and has many strings attached. Let's pull the strings. Only the love of God is unconditional and everlasting. Only the love of God is, conditional, or is, is unconditional and everlasting. Therefore, we must put our trust in God. We must. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Romans 8, 28 through 32 says, And we know that all, in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously, graciously give us all things? 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love of the Father, Excuse me. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. You know. Think about. Think about. I think it was. It was a message that. Um. I was listening to him talk about the Roman road and uh, sharing the Roman road. Um, And I'm trying to think. I think it was Mike Ross the other day. It might have been at VBS. I think he said something about the Roman road. And when he said that, it it made me think about pastor years ago. We used to talk about finding our, praying for our atoms praying for our atoms who are we going to encounter today throughout the entire day tomorrow throughout the entire week that are god appointed atoms that <clears throat> we're to share the word of god with that we're to have that passion that i'm just now talking about The same passion that God loves us with. Second Samuel 13, 1 through 15. I want to read this. Because the last thing I read up there was that human love changes all the time. It's conditional. 
In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Uh, Amnon became frustrated to the point of illness on account of his sister, Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now, Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, son of Shemiah, David's brother. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Go to bed and pretend to be ill. Jonadab said, when your father comes to see you, say to him, I would, look, I would like my sister tomorrow to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so I may watch her and then eat from her hand. So Amnon lay, Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would look, like my sister tomorrow to come in to come and make some special bread in my sight so I may eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace, go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. So Tamnar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made the bread in his sight, and baked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bed. But when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come to bed with me, my sister. Don't, my brother, she said to him. Don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You would be like one one of the wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. So as I said, mankind can say, I love you. I love you. I love you. But you can see that there's a, It's conditional. And then it's the unconditional love that God has for us. And it's only God that can have the unconditional love. Circumstances change. So our love changes with the circumstances. Here, Amnon, someone that he loved, he ended up hating her more than he loved her. The sixth thing... Is peace. It is better to trust in the Lord and to put confidence in man because of the great peace and the tranquility it brings to us. In our times of distress, in our times of encountering hard times, we're looking for a peace that the world can't give. We're looking for tranquility. All you have to do is write up Maple Avenue and you can see what people are looking for. I have... People who employ with me who, oh my gosh, some of the things that they say. They're looking for peace in a critter, okay? 
in, in, in uh, what's those things we just had? Um, locust. Cicadas. Cicadas. I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing that people try to find peace in. Not, and we can call them tree huggers. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can say and think. And, um, but see, our peace is found in God. The Lord will keep those who trust in him in perfect peace. In perfect peace. This quietness and this uh, conf- confidence will give us strength. When, when we are in his presence, when we have the tranquility and the peace of mind that only God can give, that will give us strength to continue on. It's going to give us a strength to continue on that no man can give. Many times when we speak to people about situations, we use man words, correct? We use words. We say things. And sometimes they are the craziest and stupidest, stupidest things we could ever say to somebody. They really are. Instead of just talking about praying for them, sharing Christ with them, using scripture. We need not worry and be distressed about anything. We should make all of our requests known to God, and the peace of God will rule, rule our hearts. Man, uh, man may not be consistent enough to let us rest in assurance. They're not. Man's not. Therefore, we must put all of our trust in God. The message, the beginning of it. Love man, trust God. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Isaiah 30.15 says, This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, And repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Philippians 4.6-7 do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition or supplication and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's the ticket. There's the answer. When you're laying there and it's two in the morning and you can't sleep, there's your answer. The seventh thing. I wrote down it's promotion. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because God brings promotion in our lives. Now, right away, we want to start thinking, oh, promotion, a job promotion. Promotion in society. Promotion in status. No, it's not not what we're talking about. Could be. Not necessarily. God lifts us when we humble ourselves before him. My prayer to Jerry, I asked Jerry, Jerry, please, I need you to ask the Lord to empty myself. Pray for me. I don't, want, I don't want what I want to say. I want what God wants said. God lifts us when we humble ourselves before him. We must be submitted under his mighty hand until he lifts us in due time. We must look to God to be the one that promotes us, that moves us. We can't look to mankind. We have to look to God. I know a few weeks back, it's been a few months now, Chase looking at a lot of different situations and promotions in his life. Where should I go? What should I do? Should I take this? Should I take that? You know, he can seek all the counsel of man that he wants, but the counsel that he needed to be seeking was the counsel of God. Amen? 
the counsel of God. Because again, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man because God brings the promotion in our lives. Because that particular point in his life, he is talking that type of promotion. Man may fail to lift us up. The hand of man may lift us up in sympathy when we are in a pathetic state. But the same hand may pull us down in jealousy when we are in a prosperous state. Man may not want us to rise higher than them. But the Lord desires to lift us, lift us up and make us to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Jesus promised that those who believe in him shall do even greater works than him. The Lord is the one who brings promotion in our lives. Therefore, we need to put our trust in God. My closing scriptures, Psalms 75, 6 through 7. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5 through 5 and excuse me. 1 Peter 5.6. Humble yourselves therefore under God, God's mighty hand. That he may lift you up in due time. Ephesians 2.6. And God raised up us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And John 14.12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. As the booth begins to play some music. I'm going to go back to the beginning. Um, Title of the message, Love Man and Trust God. I said, God didn't say trust man, but he did say to love man, but he said, trust God. So, as music starts playing, who are you putting your trust and your care in? Is it God? Is it man?